0: joy mcgowan
1: i'm denisha simpson and,
0: and we, we are, are resilient, resilient black, black women. women a black woman gave us life a black woman taught us to stand when she sat down in the front of black woman defied the man when a black man welcome up, to the podcast y'all we are so excited about this episode today we're going to be talking a little bit about rest and the rhythms of rest and why that's really really important for us as women um as always, we will talk not just about um, black women, but all women, um, but kind of dig a little bit deeper into how this kind of plays out in our lives and try to give you guys um, a little bit more information about how we try to stick to rest. Denisha, tell us a little bit about like, what do you think about today's topic? Like, first of all, how you do it? We have to check in. Right. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I feel rested right now.
0: Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. How are you? I'm all right. I am, what, 31 weeks into my pregnancy, and so I have lots of back pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a, I'll, I'm really excited about this episode because I think it's going to be really good. Um, but also, my body is not feeling as good as it should be, mm-hmm. so.
1: Not really feeling as rested in your third trimester, huh?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't really think that's a thing. <laughs> no, I was just <laughs> it's to not say. a real thing.
1: When you figure that out, I'm sure you can make like billions of I don't dollars. Think
0: that's a that's <laughs> an actual thing people have. <laughs> Third time um, Some days are good or better than others, um, but definitely today my body is it is in pain. And so, y'all, as we said last time, we always want to kind of start off with a check in of how we are doing individually to for us to be real and honest with our audience, um, and especially how do we feel about this topic. What, what do you think about this topic, Nisha?
1: Um, I think it's a really um, important topic for women, especially coming. Well, I say we're coming out of the pandemic, but I don't want to talk too soon. Right. And so yes. I think it's been very trying for everyone, but I can only speak for women women because I'm a woman and so I think that um, this is really important just to talk about and make space for what does rest look like for you and how do you find yourself getting rest and what are the barriers and things like that. Mm-hmm,
0: for sure. How would you define rest?
1: Rest is not just sleeping. Um, so I think for me I feel rested when I feel safe when I feel protected when I feel visible um understood when I feel like there's fairness surrounded around me and mm. I have opportunities um, and when I can unplug.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even just like listening to you describe that I'm just recognizing how you are saying that rest kind of hits a multiple different levels like it's not just sleep I feel like everything that I researched just kept saying that phrase over and over again Mm -hmm. like it's not just sleep it's not just sleep Mm -hmm. um and then I want to add to that like it's also not just vegging out on Netflix (laughs) right (laughs) like maybe that can be like a form of rest for some people but it's not the only way even and then all the things you said really reminded me of like of like attachment you talked a lot Mm -hmm. about safety and feeling safe to like achieve and opportunities and like I have things that are within my reach like that's different I don't know if I've ever heard rest expressed like that Mm -hmm. where do you feel like that come from for me um
1: just paying attention to my body and Mm -hmm. recognizing when my body feels calm and down regulated is when I have all those factors that I just stated um Mm -hmm. surrounding me
0: no I love that I would say to add to your definition of rest, I feel like rest is really holistic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just like my biological, physical body, but kind of some things that we've talked about with Resilient Black Women in our most recent um event that we did we talked about the bio cycle social spiritual model Mm -hmm. and I feel like rest is how do I get rest in all of those spaces so like biologically what do I need to do so that my physical person that she is okay so Mm -hmm. me saying like physically I'm really tired because my back hurts because I'm carrying a baby (laughs) right I can't really change that (laughs) until she is born um but then also looking at my psychological self like which typically I just kind of describe that as just the the way I talk to myself like Mm -hmm. what is my own inner voice um is my inner voice like critical or is it very compassionate um and so is there a way that I can get rest like even in my psychological mental health space um and for that I would say like I try to do like I'm in therapy I have a therapist um and that is how I kind of try to keep that part of myself intact and so we have that bio cycle social I feel like social at least what we've learned a lot in the research is that for women social cannot just be like um, having time with friends but it also right. has to be that we have meaningful work Absolutely. Um, and we find a way to dig in deep into in a career or even if you are a stay-at-home mom and you, you don't Mm -hmm. work outside of the house like what you typically find is that even stay at home moms have some type of meaningful work either in their home or outside of their home um and I was just really impressed with the research of like how important that was like it Mm -hmm. wasn't just about me having good friendships normally I describe like the social aspect of myself as finding rest of how do I find rest in relationships um I don't know if you agree with this but I feel like when I was going through grad school I realized that relationships are really taxing for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I realized, like, oh, that's because I'm only in relationships with people that I'm giving nonstop right. to.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I That's don't, exhausting. Not that, that is <laughs> exhausting. <laughs>
0: like, and that's not how it's supposed to be. And right. when I found relationships that gave back to me and was, mm-hmm. like, life-giving, I was like, oh, I, I do like having friends. I right. like going out with people who, like, I feel like I get to unload and they get to unload mm-hmm. and we, we do this together. And so having these these meaningful contacts, which I feel like has been hard during COVID, of, like, what do people feel comfortable with and whatnot? Um, but but I feel like that's, the, that's another part of rest, that social. So he said biopsychosocial. Um what's the other one?
1: Even spirituality.
0: Spirituality. Yeah. Which I feel like so okay, so for us, well, I mean we both have different spiritual like traditions, right? So I grew up in Mm a traditionally Pentecostal black church that was a part of a um majority white denomination. Mm -hmm. Um and then you grew up in a local
1: like black missionary black um missionary Baptist church. Church. Yeah, Baptist Mm -hmm.
0: church, yeah. So I mean traditionally like we both even like kind of differ of how we were raised. Mm -hmm. But and I also feel like I wanna make room for people who may not have either one of those right viewpoints, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe you didn't go to any kind of church. (laughs) You don't believe in this Christian God. Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe you believe in something, um, some type of higher being, some type of higher power and that that's important to you. And so I love thinking through how does my spirituality make room for my rest? Because mm-hmm. I think as a young adult in college, I I did not have that view that, like, God made space for rest for me, that that's what he would have wanted um, of me. And that, and that had to change. Like, obviously that's not true. <laughs> and I learned another way. Um, and now I feel like just within my own tradition, like, I see rest all over the Bible, <laughs> like, of course I need to be taking breaks mm. and like taking care of myself. Like, of course, like this is something that God himself um, wants for me and wants for his people. Um, and so oftentimes, especially when I talk with clients who, again, may not have that same Christian viewpoint. I'm always asking them like spiritually, like, where, where are you and how right. does that impact how you view? Because sometimes I feel like our spirituality either can support or like me early on in my life like it it hurt
1: yeah it can hinder the rest. It, yeah it
0: did not help me mm-hmm. rest at all I thought I needed to keep working I needed to do all these things mm-hmm. and and it just it just wasn't true and so I also just love the idea of like giving people the freedom to to change whatever they thought they believed right. at one point like we don't have to be stuck with beliefs like mm-hmm. you can grow you can change you can find a different way And so y'all, so long story, (laughs) rest for us as we talk about it today, we're really trying to look at it from like a more holistic viewpoint. Um, What are these areas in your life um, that you are making space for rest? Um, I was recently listening to a different podcast who are talking about self-care, and the lady was so challenging because she's like, as long as you have like five minutes, like You can make time to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm. Right. Like, I think time is probably one of the barriers that we would all say. Yeah. What what would you say?
1: I would absolutely agree with that with time. Um, Because the first thing when you ask clients like, "Okay, what does that look like for you taking care of self? And they said, especially I feel like with moms, Mm -hmm. they're like, time I don't have any time to take care of myself I have to do x y and z and so um, for me I even started with just 60 seconds just pausing (laughs) in the day and during that time period that was my rest like that was me kind of plugging in and taking care of self even if it was just 60 seconds
0: Mm -hmm. I love that I think that especially as mothers we need really tangible Uh, skills and oftentimes I feel like when I talk to other women I'm like we need to make things realistic (laughs) like as realistic as we can right like I might think that like my physical body needs to work out three times a week Uh but I may legitimately not have time for that and that I make these goals I'm gonna work out three to five times a week and then Uh I never do because I didn't I didn't really figure out where that time is gonna come from Uh um So I I love that idea of 60 seconds of just taking like a minute. I feel like something that I've been, so last year, um, you know, I homeschooled my oldest, my my youngest, he wasn't uh, school age, Um, but I homeschooled my oldest. Bless you, by the way. That's
1: that's amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so during that time, I learned, I felt like, I thought that, like, I'm going to have all this time to myself and I'm going to like do all these things and just by myself and just made all these unrealistic uh, goals to have, like, alone time mm-hmm. apart from my kids being around. And that was just not true. And I found that it was so much better when I included them mm-hmm. on things that I was trying mm-hmm. to do that was, like, I do want to take care of my body. I do want to work out. Right. Um, and so – when I would, like, try to, like, do it apart from them <laughs> to, like, have this alone time, I was, like, trying to wake up at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning because, you know, you want to wake up before the kids and you want to do it. I'm, like, this is ridiculous. I don't like waking up 5 o'clock
1: <laughs> That was more taxing on your body. Yeah, I was a
0: more tired, <laughs> more cranky, a worse mom. And then when I realized, like, yo, like. Just do it while they're in the living room, do like oh <laughs> whatever else they're doing, yeah. and it, and it became so much better. They're like, "Mommy, we think you need to drink water. I think this is hurting because <laughs> <laughs> obviously I'm so out of shape." And so they're like more concerned. <laughs> about my, and then they're like, "Good job, mommy. You, did, you know, and I'm like, "That was so much of a better workout mm. when then I did that in front not of them." To them. Yeah, so- trying to like. You got to have your, you, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think we get these messages that you need, like, a alone time. And you do, right? Like, right. I, I do want to be able to go to Target by myself <laughs> every right. now and then. But if I put these, this, like, really hard, rigid mm-hmm. lines around my rest, then it will never get done.
1: Right. So you're saying, like, sometimes it's just not possible to have that. You can't go to Target by yourself or you can't go exercise by yourself. So I think that even goes back to what you mentioned earlier about the social aspect, yeah. like including your kids in that and them encouraging you and pouring into you. Yeah, you found rest in that moment, even with them there. I think oftentimes with moms, we say, oh, we need a break from the kids. Yeah. But for some people, that's not possible. Right. So even being able to include them in that.
0: That's Mm -hmm. so beautiful. I love that. I love that point because I'm thinking, like, okay, single moms. But then I'm also thinking about, like, moms stay home and their spouse, like, oh. works all day or, mm-hmm. or works third shift. And, like, they're, like you said, like, it's just not possible for me to think of a moment that I'm not with the kids unless the kids right. are sleeping. And by the time they're sleeping, I do just want to watch Netflix. I don't <laughs> exactly want to right. do anything else. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're, what do you <laughs> mean? Right. Now I have to take care of myself? Like... <laughs> This is enough, you (laughs) know, like Hulu is enough right now. (laughs) So I I love that point of like, I hope moms feel encouraged to just start small, like even if it's just that one minute um, and start somewhere. I even when they when they were homeschooled, I was like, I found this app It's like the star breathing app. Um, And we would do meditations, mindfulness meditations together. And I felt like that was so helpful. So it was really cool for kids because they, especially if they were, like, having a tantrum, they get to, like, choose, like, this little emoji that like, mm-hmm. describes, like, how do they feel before mm-hmm. they start. And it's only, like, two or three minutes. And then they watch a little video. They have to breathe. And it tells them what to do, all this stuff. then um, at the end, they get to choose a different emoji. I'm like, okay, how do you feel now? And to watch my boys navigate that on my phone when they were having a hard time mm-hmm. and – see their emotion change after just like a three minute mindfulness deep Mm -hmm. breathing right like I think I learned homeschooling them that how do I even model rest right for them right like Mm -hmm. I don't want them to think that mommy is just doing all these things that she's just a superhero woman (laughs) yeah yeah no mommy goes to sleep mommy has to eat mommy has to go for walk. like mommy has mommy has to go be by herself sometimes (laughs) like I want them to know that mommy like mommy is not just in some ways not always accessible to them Mm -hmm. um so that they can be able to set boundaries too as an adult to say like I don't always have to be accessible to other people Mm -hmm. either I don't have to do everything for everyone and I think I don't I don't know um if I saw that in other spaces like even I think about just growing up in my own church, like my home church, I felt like people in leadership were always accessible to us. Right. Like I can yes. always get to them and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And and that's not a realistic way. This isn't even a helpful way for them.
1: It's not right to
0: be sustainable in the work that they do mm-hmm. of caring for people. Like, and now being a therapist, right? I'm like I'm not accessible to my clients at all right. the time. Right? right? Like
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm not doing 24-hour care for anybody. Mm-hmm. So there is a time that I'm not accessible and that's and there's a time that my clients are not accessible to me either
1: (laughs) and that's (laughs) the way it should be right they have boundaries too
0: (laughs) (laughs) so and sometimes we even
1: have to model those boundaries for our clients right right? Mm -hmm. like that's super important too Mm -hmm.
0: and I think that helped and I think that just right so I think rest okay Mm y'all you're hearing us say we just jumped into this whole conversation about boundaries but I think that rest requires you to have really healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. and especially when we are trying to teach something different to our kids of oftentimes people say you know you have this work-life balance I don't really know if we do any of us does a good job of balancing things (laughs) I don't Mm -hmm. like that I just I feel like I don't like that framework I remember I had a mentor who said to me that we have to think about like we have certain balls, some of the balls are made of glass and some of them are just made of plastic and it just bounce back. Mm-hmm. And I remember her telling me that the balls that are made of glass are related to family. Mm-hmm. So if anything you have to put down, like put down everything else. Mm-hmm. But this ball made of glass, like the family ball, like this mm. this won't just bounce back. Right. Um, and so I remember, I'm like, that makes more sense to me than like, Thinking about this balance beam or like mm-hmm. holding plates and keeping them spinning. Right.
1: Especially because plates break. Can plates break, they break too. Right? Like,
0: you know? <laughs> that's terrifying. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I remember there being so much freedom and the idea of like, my career can, can bounce back. Like, mm, I love that. I can let that ball drop and that's okay. Mm. Like, if I feel like I need to be home or I need to homeschool or we're in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. <laughs> and all things are going crazy, this can bounce back, mm-hmm. but maybe not. Maybe not my kids all the time. Maybe I don't need to, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. know. I just think it's something. I don't know. What do you think?
1: No, I love that because I think um, as we're talking about barriers, we mentioned time, but I also believe that one of the biggest barriers is shame. Mm. Um, And so even you giving me that visual of like, okay, I have all these balls in my hand, but my family is the glass one that just like even brings relief to me right now like thinking okay my family's the glass one that means that's a little bit more precious and Mm -hmm. i have to hold that one very tightly the other ones if they fall it's not as big of a deal right um and so i love that visual because i think for women a lot of shame comes up when i have to keep all these balls in my hand and i can't drop any of them and Mm -hmm. uh uh-oh if i do like i'm a failure Mm -hmm. right and so i thank you for giving us that
0: i'm glad that you brought up shame I think that is probably, like, I think, like you said, it is the biggest barrier to us actually taking time for rest. Um, I feel bad if I have to slow down. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe what does that say about me if I have to slow down right Right. that's that psychological part right Mm -hmm. if I actually slow down if I actually take time for rest if I actually take a day off then what what are are my coworkers gonna think Mm -hmm. what are other moms gonna think if I don't have my kids at the park today or you know like it is shame can keep us stuck Mm -hmm. in and really what you're saying is shame keeps me bound it keeps me absolutely kind of locked up like a prisoner yeah
1: And um, I remember last year, it was just a bunch of chaos toward the end of the school year, Mm -hmm. and I forgot to order my son's yearbook. And he had kept reminding me. And I'd be like, okay, son. Like, he'd always remind me in the car. And so I'd say, okay, I'm going to get home. When we get home later on tonight, I'll order it. Well, I never did. And so then finally, um, he comes home and he's like, everybody got their yearbooks but me. (sighs) Talk About mama guilt and shame, yes. right? Um, good thing I was able to contact the school and they had ordered extras, and yes. I went up there that day and was mm-hmm. able to get them one well. after school. But still, that shame it just almost like freezes you, like, mm-hmm. okay, what now?
0: Mm-hmm. I love that point, and that is huge. And then I love even how like your story worked out like, oh, the school kind of expects that we're doing a million things at once. <laughs> Right, and so they helped us out as parents. (laughs) I ordered extra, like well prepared. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's amazing. That's so good. Mm -hmm. That's a really good story. I hope like our audience can just hear us trying to be really authentic. Like in some ways, rest can feel very idealistic. Um, and I hope that the audience can hear us say that, like. We want it to be super, super tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, when we think about being resilient black women, we know from the, re- the research is that we need rest. Right. Like I have to make space for that. Um, and if I don't, um, then I'm not, I'm not being very resilient. Right. Um, if I don't make space for rest. Um, I think from a, like a cultural standpoint, I mean, there's so many things we could say about culturally <laughs> about rest. Um, but I think one of the things my husband and I often talk about is how um, Black enslaved people were literally dying of exhaustion. Mm-hmm due to slavery, like, they were going through so many slaves at one point because they were literally just making slaves work from dawn until dusk. Mm. And we got these messages that black people are lazy. And so I think culturally we are also fighting that in the workplace as a parent, Mm -hmm. um, sending our kids to school. (laughs) Like, we're fighting these ideas that we um, feel like, big C culture has Mm -hmm. of us as black people um like I I remember my son what we were we were homeschooling and (laughs) he was having trouble writing on the lines and I'm like yo what is going on he's -hmm. writing letters back numbers and letters backwards and so I'm like is he dyslexic you know what's going on I remember I talked to my teacher friend and she's like Joy, I think you should get his eyes checked. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. that he's dyslexic. Like, dyslexia looks a little bit different. Get his eyes checked. I went to my PCP, obviously a white woman. And she literally said, is he just being lazy? Oh, no. Like, my heart dropped. I was like, what the heck are you talking about in front of my little six-year-old little boy? Stop it. And she discouraged me Mm -hmm. from trying to go get... His eyes checked professionally. Right. And 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 I knew enough that, like, his PCP, like, could not check his eyes in the way that he needed. Like, he needed to get a referral to get his eyes checked. Right. And she, like, just kept discouraging me, kept discouraging me. Well, I mean, but what if he's just not focused? And what if da-da-da-da? And I was like, maybe all those things are true. Mm. I still would like my son to get his eyes checked. I'm She's so- like, well, what if it's really expensive? And I'm
1: like, oh, my goodness. So-
0: <sighs> I was, like, dying on the inside. But so we had all this experience, and on the day that we made this appointment, I'm, I'm, I just knew, like, I had so much anxiety about it. I couldn't remember the name of the place. I couldn't remember how to get there. We finally, I don't know how I even got there <laughs> to, like, even figure out where I was going. I just knew it was somewhere on college. And we finally get there, and he does the assessment, and the doctor's like, hey, your son has astigmatism. Mm.
1: There I was- we go.
0: What? And he's like, yeah, normally this doesn't really... You wouldn't have known until now because even if he had gone to school this year, they would have done an eye test, but it would have been nothing mm-hmm. like what we do here. You would have had to come here. Right. And y'all, it only cost me like $10 mm. because I was like all these things that mm. this like white woman put on me mm-hmm. of like, this is going to... You can't... And, and what, if, what if he's just like, you know, he's just playing you or something. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't... I don't think that's what it is. Right. So, okay, so he got it. And then the doctor's like, hey, like, either you or your husband also has a stigmatism. So mm-hmm. y'all may need to get your eyes checked. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I had my eyes checked when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I don't was a stigmatism. But my husband had been complaining about his vision. And I'm like, babe, please go get your eyes checked. His stigmatism is worse than my son. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. <sighs> Just like just these moments of mm-hmm. like, right? Okay, so these cultural messages that tell us that we're lazy right. become these barriers mm-hmm. for us seeking help, become barriers for us seeking rest, mm-hmm. and thinking that we deserve that. Right? Um, and to, like, I mean, I know sometimes people are like, "Why do you always bring it back to slavery?" But like, there's so much that is rooted in what has happened to us because of slavery. Absolutely, that we are yeah. having to unlearn. Like, we deserve rest as black people Mm
1: -hmm. but our ancestors didn't get that opportunity opportunity. so it's hard for us even because that's been passed down right through generations I'm trying to think like when did I see my mom rest (sighs) I mean and she from the age of five and up she was um, a stay-at-home mom and so I would forget my lunch money every day in junior high and I would call my mom thinking like oh well she's just at home (laughs) but now
0: (laughs) now that you know what it's like to be a mom
1: (laughs) no like I would come home to six course seven course meals and a house sparkling and so no she just wasn't a stay-at-home mom um, and so that rest I think for black people black women specifically um it's hard mm -hmm. it's even hard for our bodies to down regulate and just yeah allow that rest
0: absolutely I think you're right and so what we we always say, right? Like our bodies have good reasons (laughs) for the things that they do. Um, And so we just kind of spent a little time talking about culturally why it may be difficult for us as black women to really make time for us and to remind ourselves that we deserve this. I think I I follow this um, Instagram account called The Nap Ministry. It's like my favorite, it's my favorite Instagram account. (laughs) It is like uh, led by a black woman, I think. And uh, she said, your ancestors would have wanted you to rest. Like, that was their dream. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. Like, why am I I working so hard? Why am Mm -hmm. I pushing myself beyond my limits Mm -hmm. and doing all these things? Like, even my ancestors dreamed of a day where they could rest. Um, So I always, like, remember that, and I allow that to, like, slow me down when I feel like, you're doing too much right (laughs) just stop it you don't need to do this um so i don't know i just love that idea of like us like taking time for rest and Mm -hmm. taking care of ourselves um what what other barriers do you think that we may have missed i mean we talked about the mom guilt the shame (laughs) culture
1: um, I think access to doctors and yeah. things like that in some Black communities, um, for sure. it's not there. And so, and even if it's there, it's it hasn't been taught. Like, okay, when this mm-hmm. is going on for me, I go and see the doctor. I should go see the yes. doctor. Yes, right. And so, even research um, tells us that um, Black women have um, have to go in for medical visits. Eighty-five percent it's 85% higher than their white counterparts for high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. High blood pressure coming from one of the major things is stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that going and seeking not just the medical doctor, but mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's definitely another barrier.
0: No, I, I love that point a lot. Because even when you think about how, Oftentimes in black and brown communities, we also have higher levels of, like, heart disease, um, mm-hmm. diabetes, all mm-hmm. these things that are preventable um, medical concerns. Mm-hmm. We have the highest, and then especially in black women, mm-hmm. we have these really high things, right? And so we think of—so stress medically would be identified as, like, too much cortisol in your body. Right. absolutely. And when you have too much tor- cortisol in your body— it can impact like your heart and also impact your blood sugar, mm-hmm. right? Cortisol literally turns into glucose. <laughs> yeah. And your body, when your body sees that it has a lot of glucose, it holds on to it because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we may need this for later. So we're going right. to save it mm-hmm. <laughs> and make sure she can get through the rest of her week because we know she's going to keep just going. And so all mm-hmm. of these things, like our medical health impacts. I mean, the times that I think about, like I can, I don't even know if I remember like watching my mom really go to the doctor very often. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not until she got diagnosed with diabetes mm-hmm. that I remember. Because I think once you get diabetes and you have to go in like every three right. months to get your like exactly. A1C checked and stuff. Mm-hmm. But before that, I don't have a lot of memories of like thinking about her in the hospital or thinking that something mm-hmm. could happen to her. Um, it wasn't until she was diagnosed in her late, I think the late 30s, early 40s with diabetes that I remember. I have these memories of her having regular checkups. Mm-hmm. And so I know like as a black woman, for me, I've tried to like maintain just like my, my appointments right. of like, I go see my gynecologist once mm-hmm. a year. <laughs> like, I just need to do that. And mm-hmm. if my insurance allows me to go see my PCP twice a year, then that's what I do. Right. I feel like I have the messages of like, if I'm not dying, like if I'm not dying, I don't need to go to the hospital. I don't need mm-hmm. to go see a doctor you're fine.
1: You can just keep going, right? You're fine, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Like, the medical part is huge. Like, mm-hmm. how do we continue to take care of our bodies? Um,
1: and even, Joy, I want to speak while we're on medical mm-hmm. about having access to um, professionals that mm-hmm. look like us or look like you, right? And so I think that is definitely a thing because um, just genetics um, mm-hmm. and culturally, I remember going to see... Um, a specialist when I was, I think I was like 12. And um, he told my mom, he's like, well, this, I can help her with this, but I would really, really, really recommend going to see one of my colleagues down in Memphis um, Mm. because he was a white doctor and his colleague was a black doctor. Mm. And we didn't have that anywhere here in this area. And so Mm. that's what he has recommended um, for dermatology is going down Mm. to Memphis.
0: That's huge, mm-hmm. even just hearing that, like a white male doctor made a recommendation mm-hmm. for something that he's like, "This is not. this is not in my wheelhouse. Right, I right. need to refer out. Yeah. and I, and not just that he needed to refer out, that he wanted to make sure you got the best of care,
1: right. Yeah which is ethically what we should do as professionals all the time and now looking back I at the time being 12 I'm like no I'm not traveling I don't even want to be in here anyways but you know now looking back and him saying like hey I treat white people for acne this might be one of the first cases where I've seen a black female with acne I'm not Mm -hmm. sure quite what to do
0: I love I love that yeah I think yeah there's so much right there's so many barriers to us getting rest and attaining rest and i Uh hope that the audience kind of walks away with this idea of like you can make it as small as 60 seconds Uh like what you said earlier like that's really a good place to start Uh um and then what we will do for this episode is we will link so we created this um holistic model of self-care um, so we will link that document to this episode so that people can kind of look at that bio biopsychosocial spiritual aspect um, and just kind of think through how am I getting rest in all these different areas. When I, when I mention this to clients or in a training that I do, I always tell people, like, just focus on one part mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yes, you are a whole being and you have all these different parts of self, but I just really want you to focus on one part of mm-hmm. the part of self and see how can you make what you said really 60 seconds tom just right. 60 seconds for that and i think that's that's a really good place to start and kind of what what you said earlier what do we how do we kind of like give ourselves permission because we know that shame is is a big part mm-hmm. that would just keep us stuck right as we close this episode denisha what are you what's your gratitude today
1: um, I am thankful for just um, the ability to rest, um, mm. that we are in a society today that we are allowed to rest. Um, it's just kind of learning how to do that.
0: Yeah, I'm like stuck on the word ability. <laughs> <I'm> like, yes, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, it just sounds like freedom. Mm-hmm. And um, again, opportunity that we may not have had. When I think about... Uh, what am I grateful for? In this episode, um, is that I feel like I'm getting like I really want rest to be part of my sense of identity. Um, and so I hope when people like engage with me, they see me as like well bounded and well-rested. Like I want that to be part of who I am and what my kids see. Um, and so I'm really grateful that that is a just like a goal I want to be rooted in and like rest and boundaries um, because I'm I'm trying to take care of what's most important Um, and sometimes it starts with me and then maybe my family and then all the other balls that can bounce back and forth
1: Mm -hmm. I love that that you want that rooted your identity rooted in rest I love that
0: Mm -hmm. well y'all Thank you for coming to the podcast. I'm Joy McGowan.
1: I'm Denisha Simpson. And we We are are resilient Resilient Black Black women.
0: women.